Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Enough Podcast. I'm Mike Hurley and I'm joined as always by your friend and mine, Mr. Patrick Rowan. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I am dandy. How are you? Oh, dandy. Such a British British way to feel. I, I always like feel British. <laughs> I've, I've been feeling very British lately. Good. You know what I've discovered? Tell me. I've discovered that... You know, I've tried all sorts of like fancy teas and, uh, you know, every now and again, I'll take like this tea poll on, uh, on AppNet or, you know, before that it was Twitter and had all sorts of suggestions. And I actually put those suggestions together in a nice markdown format list and threw it up on my doc dropler. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, and you can kind of go through all the suggestions of uh, teas that people recommended. But, you know, in these kind of months as the chill is beginning to enter the air, there's nothing that beats a nice soothing cup of citrusy Earl Grey. The good, nice bergamot Earl Grey. A classic British Earl Grey. And so whenever I have my, uh, my afternoon tea... Lately, it's, it's been it's been that very kind of British tea. Good. That's you know feeling feeling a little kinship with with uh, with the uh, the former rulers of this fine land. <clears throat> you always should. I'm sorry. You always should. I I do I do uh, because <laughs> if you look at our current politics, you discover that uh, <laughs> you guys actually are. Have it far better than we do, um, but uh, don't even let me go there. So, so something interesting to start off the show. Yes, we have we have a a, a request of of you, the the lovely listener, the creative listener that you, that I'm sure that you are. So you're all fine, beautiful, and creative people. Like I know this. All little, all like little flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so, special little flowers <laughs> as a as a listener of enough you, you may have been around for a while you will have recognized and, and noticed that recently uh, fairly recently now maybe a couple of months ago even we we changed the format of the show quite significantly um i think that the show has, has made some you know some other changes we're making you know we're we're varying our topics we are actually talking about more technology than we have been a long time and and things like that, because we're branching out a bit more. So, along with that has come, I think, a time where it, we could, I, I would like to look at rebranding the show um, and giving it a new name. Um, enough is no longer enough. No, it's it, in fact, it's too much. <laughs> so, um, we haven't really got any, I, I would say, Pat, I'm sure you increase, any sort of specific guidance on this. No. Um, we're just kind of trying to think of something. It's not... We don't really need it to be necessarily tied to any property that either me or you currently hold. We're looking yep. for something quite fresh that that kind of sums up just like good conversation about you know like technology and and like you know thinking. I think thinking is a good you know that's a good way of describing it. You know the the type of things we talk about now and. Basically, we're looking for suggestions, and that's what we want you for. So. Um, Basically, there there are many ways you can contact me and Pat. Um, I am on Twitter. I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and I'm also the same on app.net. Patrick is Patrick Rohn, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-R-H-O-N-E. 
um, on, on app.net. I'll make sure that the links are there in the show notes. Also, you can fill out our contact form, um, which is a good way to get in contact with us by email, which is at 70decibels.com forward slash contact. So, yeah, there's a there's a, a bunch of ways. If you have any ideas, any suggestions, or any good sort of paths you think we could take to coming up with a new name of the show, let us know um, yeah. sort of by next week. Yeah, and just as a sort of brief history... This originally started off as the Minimal Mac podcast. Yep. And it was tied to my website, Minimal Mac, kind of in branding and kind of thought concept about topics covered and whatnot. But as we began down that path and, you know, recorded several shows, and as I was working on my book enough, it became clear to me that the that the topics needed to be at a bit of a higher level than that, um, a, a deeper level than that, um, not just discussing, you know, simplicity and, and uh, minimalism, for lack of a better term, uh, when it comes to uh, the Mac and, and kind of uh, satellite technologies. Um, but uh, the larger concepts of that um, in life and in practice and in um, uh, in being, um, and so that's when it became the Enough podcast, and that seemed to fit at the time. And the goal was to kind of have a shorter a shorter podcast, a shorter show that would cover one topic, kind of. Deeply but quickly, um, and would fit that name enough. Obviously, we have changed the format. We are now covering a couple of main topics with some other ones branched off and thrown in as they come up over the course of a 40-minute show or so. And so, for a number of reasons, enough just doesn't quite capture it anymore it's not quite enough it's right <laughs> it's 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 the joke that writes itself folks and so uh so that's the reason why we're coming to you and we would really like to try to do this sometime you know get all any suggestions and responses in within the next week please Yes. Um, and this is not to say this isn't some sort of contest. You're not, not going to win anything by picking the right name other than the satisfaction of knowing that you helped with the name should we decide to, to pick it. Yep, you pick the best one. Right. And then you will get a hearty thank you. Yeah, and because keep in mind that Mike and I are also going to be participating in this and trying to come up with, with new names. We just haven't landed on one yet that uh, that resonates with the both of us. I feel like we should call the competition Beat Patrick's Creativity. <laughs> so everyone basically is, is fighting you in this competition. They kind of are because ultimately I get the final say. Yeah. Um, I hate to say that, but it is true. Um, I'm I'm – you know, I'm well, the one who who yeah, Mike Mike does to a certain extent. Well, listeners, that's what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's certainly something that we both have to come to agreement on. Yeah. Uh, so, oh well. But there you um, go. It's, so yeah. let's actually dive into uh, some of those uh, high level topics, shall we? Um, the Please. first one being, been thinking a lot about experience lately, and. 
why it is that while experience affects us deeply, we don't seek to engage on it more frequently. I'll give you an example. I had a, uh, a meal not a long time ago. It was a great meal, wonderful meal. It was actually at uh, when Macworld was in New York City. And I was working for a software company. And we were at Macworld. And the product that we had just released and were kind of rolling out, you know, debuting at Macworld, won Best of Show. And so the dozen of us uh, there, you know, winning best of show for your product at Macworld back then was just like a huge deal. It was the, you know, it was the Apple Design Awards of its day. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was, it meant a lot. Um, and to be able to slap that on your product box, yes, this was back in the day when software sold in boxes on shelves at like computer retailers. Um, you know, I mean, that was a huge bump to your sales. And so we decided to go out to this uh, restaurant not too far from Times Square uh, to uh, celebrate. I can't even tell you the name of the restaurant. It was Trattoria dell'arte. Um, nice Italian place. And uh, we reserved their private you know, their private party room, as it were, which was uh, in their wine cellar. So this beautiful setting. And we are all in just this great celebratory mood. About a dozen people. And we had a money's no object meal. That was, you know, full of, you know, it was great food, amazing wine. Fantastic company, wonderful setting, and the best waiter to this day that we, I've ever experienced in my life. He was just an incredible server. And obviously, uh, you know, as is common in New York, an out-of-work actor at some point, uh, of some sort. Because he was also a wonderful entertainer who, like, sang show tunes for us and, and did impressions. He did this Robert De Niro impression that was uncanny. He looked, he looked just like – he basically transformed into Robert De Niro when he did this impression. You know, and, uh, you know – all the food was there right when it needed to be and taken away right when it needed to be. And the wine pairing was suggested right when it needed to be. And it was always perfect and everything about it. And he got like what I think amounted to a 50% tip on top of the, you know, couple of thousand dollar bill. Um, and, and it was worth every penny. And it's an experience that I remember to this day. But ask me any specific about it. Like, what did you have for dinner? What was the wine that you had? I couldn't tell you. I don't remember that. You just know it was good. 
Yeah, I just know it was great. Wine was good, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah, I, I know it was fantastic. The uh, reason I said, reason I don't remember the specifics is because the specifics are not important. What was important was the totality of the experience. What made the food, even if the food was great food, what made it better was the totality of the experience. Right? I've got a question for you. All right. So I'm sure that you're 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 building to a, a crescendo of an amazing fault here. And I've Some, probably, somewhere in there, I usually do. Yeah, I probably destroyed that by basically running a train through it now. But you know, that's okay. But nevertheless, chugga um, chugga, choo choo. You know, saying about it, you know, you does it doesn't matter necessarily that you couldn't think of what it was, and that doesn't detract from the experience. Do you think that in this age of that we live in now, like um, with ubiquitous capture? And and you know things like Evernote and stuff like that, that we maybe will have less of a chance to not remember. Does that, have I made sense? Mm. No, that makes perfect sense. You know, when we're like, you know, oh, I know, I'll just go look at Instagram from seven years ago and uh, see what the picture I snapped of that food was. Yeah. And I would argue that if you're taking the time to snap an Instagram picture of that food, then you're not having an amazing experience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yep. that's just me, right? I mean, because an amazing experience should should just kind of take you out of the out of that moment. Should be above that. You should be there, present within it, and enjoying it. And too busy to think about, oh, I've got to share this with my friends, or I've got to stick this in my day one journal or I'll forget it. Yeah. And you know, I, I guess I would turn that question on his head and say, how many amazing experiences are being ruined by those sorts of things? Right. But that's a whole, that's actually kind of, uh, that's a, that's a good, a good adjunct to this conversation. But the amazing point I was trying to make uh, was this, and that is that uh, what, what we remember, the things that stick with us, are experiences more so than detail. And... If that's the case, why do we not seek for ways to elevate the experience whenever we can? Or to throw, not necessarily manufacture, well, yes, manufacture heightened experiences into, uh, into otherwise ordinary things. Um, an example. What if once a week, instead of just preparing your regular family dinner and sticking it out there on the table and having everyone gather around, you could invite some friends over and let's say you're serving Indian food. You could decorate your your dining room to look like some, you know, Indian palace. Or, you know, do something different with the, you know, with the lighting or maybe just have, you know, some have candles all around the room as opposed to overhead lights or, you know, but whatever, just take the, take this regular 
ordinary moment and bring the experience up a level. Make it a different experience. And not, the idea is not to do this every day because then it's not special. Then it just becomes this everyday thing, which is great if you want to lift your experience every day, but then it becomes mundane. My point is, is to actually make, make these times, force these memorable times, force these memorable experiences, and even in small, subtle ways. Um, my my to-do list always seems a little bit less on mundane when I write it out with a really nice pen and some really good paper. My writing always flows a little bit better and I feel a little bit uh, like uh, more in tune with it and I feel like I feel like I've done some really good work when I'm surrounded by books. That's why a lot of times lately I've been going to a, a local bookstore and sitting down in one of their comfy chairs in the corner just to write. To be surrounded by all of these other writers, the work of all of these other writers, right? Makes me feel like this thing, this kind of mundane thing, this kind of work-a-day thing that I do for at least just that moment is made that much better by the inspiration surrounding it. I'm manufacturing an experience. And because I'm manufacturing an experience and taking up a notch, I can tell you exactly which pieces I wrote in that bookstore. If you take any of my other pieces and ask me, well, where were you when you wrote this? I probably couldn't tell you. I, I could say, oh, I was likely at home sometime, somewhere, somewhere in the house. Couldn't tell if I was at the dining room table or if I was, you know, writing it on my iPhone, you know, in the, in the den with my feet kicked up, which I commonly do, um, or whether I was up at, my, you know, on, in our third floor office uh, loft, uh, you know, at my desk. I, I couldn't tell you. But I remember the one that I wrote when I was in that bookstore. And so if that's the case, if, if in fact experiences are what make things better, why don't, we, why don't we force that issue more? I think we should. Very interesting. So I think, too, uh, coming back around to the, the point you, you made in reverse, um... I think one of the things that kind of keeps us from really having as many of those experiences as we otherwise would is this idea of never really being present in them. But we're in an age where we take ourselves out of them in order to share them with others that are not there. For whatever reason, whether it be vanity, oh, you know, look, I'm at the Mumford and Son shows and show and you're not. And look how great I am and how lucky I am. Um, or it could be, wow, I wish you could see this Mumford and Son shows show. It's really, really amazing. Or it could be, 
I'm not having a really good time at this Mumford and Son show. <laughs> and so I would rather snap pictures and share them with the world instead. But for whatever reason, you're not really fully at that show enjoying the experience. Anytime that you're taking your phone out to take a picture or, you know, and you're busy trying to share it on Twitter before someone else shares the exact same picture, <laughs> um, the guy next to you, um, I, I think I think far too often we are not letting ourselves be one with a great experience because we feel the need to to connect and to share and to um, broadcast. We're reporters, not participants. And that that's a very sad thing. And that we should stop that. Let's tell our friends about Squarespace. That sounds like a great idea. So, everybody out there in the podcast listening land, let me tell you about Squarespace. It gives you everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace provides you with a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining your home online, whether that be a blog, portfolio, business site, or just a website of any kind. They have fantastic templates that let your content do all the talking. They're really clean, beautifully designed. They have a drag-and-drop platform which allows you to make really beautiful custom layouts very, very easily. It's totally drag-and-drop. It works like an OS, um, allows you to create complex-looking layouts very simply. You can have lots of things going on on a page if you want. You can have as little going on on the page as you want. If you want to have your Instagram photos pulled in, if you want to have your tweets pulled in, um, you can do all of that. It's uh, really fa very fantastic, and you don't have to worry about external widgets. That's all built right into the system. You don't have to worry what your site's going to look like on a mobile device. With all the Squarespace's beautiful templates, you have responsive web design built in. Um, your entire site restructures automatically to fit on the screen of any device, and it maintains the beauty of the site's design when it does so. You can import all of your content from your current blog very easily, and there is an iOS or an Android app um, which allows you to view your stats in real time as the people are coming to your site and also to allow you to manage your Squarespace site and post on the go. When you sign up for a year up front of Squarespace, you get a free custom domain name. If you want to pay month to month, you can easily link your current domain name with just a few clicks. There's no credit card required to try out Squarespace. Just go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels and start your free trial. Squarespace is $10 a month for the standard plan and $20 a month for an unlimited plan. But if you sign up for one year up front, you'll get 20% off and a custom domain name. And if you sign up for two years up front, you'll get 25% off and also a custom domain name too. So there's some real great savings there. If you decide to purchase a Squarespace site, just enter the offer code 70 decibels 11 at checkout. You'll receive an additional 10% off, and it also lets Squarespace know that you found out about them through this program. Thank you very much to Squarespace for their support of Enough. Yeah, and I just had someone contact me today saying, hey, I need a website fast, and you know, I was wondering, uh, I heard good things about you. Are you available? Could you build a website for me fast? I'm like, ah, you need Squarespace. You don't need me. You just you just need Squarespace. Exactly. Well, but I'm not that techie. I'm not perfect. 
then you then, really need then Squarespace. Then you're all perfect. <laughs> Everybody's perfect for Squarespace. <laughs> because that's the thing, right? You know, you can dive in on Squarespace. You can dive into the, you know, into the techie CSS, HTML stuff and really kind of go hog wild. Or you could just take one of their beautifully designed themes that are out of the box and drag and drop and edit the content and get something up and going in 15 minutes. The choice is yours. And uh, that's exactly what uh, I'm, well, I'm hoping she did. I don't know. I said, hey, send me a link to it when you're done. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, something I uh, recommend to my clients and, you know, actually say, give them your money, not me. I don't know. I'm crazy. This is not the way a business is supposed to work, is it? Like, you're not supposed to tell customers to spend their money other places, right? You're supposed to, like, take it if you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't figured out this whole business thing yet. I'm still working on it. In any case. <laughs> Emotions can own you. You can really let emotions control your choices and actions and decisions. I think a lot of people do this. I think a lot of people are under the impression that emotions are devoid of choice, i.e. that we don't choose to feel them. I think that this is evident in our language. I think when you say, wow, that person really hurt my feelings, you are giving ownership and power to someone who does not have it. But you're giving it to them. The more accurate thing to say would be, the action that that person did led me to choose to feel this way. Because that's a more accurate statement. And the sooner that we realize that as difficult as it is to change them, emotions are a choice, the quicker we can stop fighting to be right and start fighting to be happy. That's a tall order. Did I say at any point that it was easy? <laughs> no. No, you did actually just say a second ago it's not easy. But nope. it's also not easy being green. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, that would be Kermit the Frog. Oh, yeah, I know oh. that. I mean, I just know what made me think of it. Um, well, and but here's here's the thing. Um, And that is that that I would argue that the hardest thing about it is simply embracing the power that it gives. And I 
I'm susceptible to this stuff as well, right? But I think because of, you know, for many reasons, uh, some of which we discussed on episode 14, I can't allow other people that power. Because if I do, it will kill me. And so, therefore, I need to be in control of it. And only by choosing to be in control of it have I realized that, in fact, yes, it is a choice. That you can choose to not be upset about something. That you can choose to not be hurt by something. That you can choose to not be angry about something. That you can choose to be happy. That you can choose to be content with what you have. That you can, you know, for lack of a better biblical idea, turn the other cheek. And that, uh, and that this is a choice because if, because if it's not, then the emotions own you. So how, how do you start to, to get control of it then? Because I would, I would personally argue that emotions are uncontrollable. Ooh, wow. I, that's, that would be my personal argument. Like, I believe right. you can affect them. I mm. don't know if I would say that. I can control it. Maybe I just cannot control mine. Well, and 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 I guess that gets back to the root of what I was trying to say earlier that I maybe didn't do a good enough job of saying, which is the very act of saying I don't think I can control them means that you won't be able to. Because I'm I am accepting defeat. You're accepting defeat out of the box, right? Um. And having gone through uh, quite a few very painful experiences in my life and given my own um, predisposition towards darkness, let's just say, I myself have been in that position of saying, saying, I, I can't control this. I don't know how to make the pain stop. Or I, you know, I can't. I can't make myself feel better. And even the, you know, saying, but this is normal. This is natural. Everybody, anyone in my shoes would feel the same way. And uh, actually, both of those are lies. Right? The fact is, is that our emotions come from the exact same place that our thoughts do. And despite what poetry tells us, our hearts don't don't feel. <laughs> our our hearts don't process information at all, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is our brains that process information. It is our brains that decide how to react to said information. And it is our lizard brains, generally, that control how we feel about something. And our lizard brains, uh, as uh, we've discussed before, 
Um, and actually, this whole discussion, uh, not necessarily about emotions, but about how the how the brain works and the reason why it works the way it does uh, from an evolutionary standpoint and whatnot, is uh, covered in a book called Thinking Fast and Slow, which I will link to in the show notes. Um, it, it's a great book. Um, <clears throat> But uh, but yeah, it's it's our lizard brains that largely uh, direct uh, our emotions, and those lizard brains are ge- largely designed to insulate us from uh, from harm. It, it, you know, it it largely lives in a state of fear, and its job is to keep us from harm. And so, by saying this person hurt me so therefore i need to you know i need to do something to fix this person or stay away from this person or what basically that's lizard brain saying i don't need to get hurt again so i'm going to do what i can to run and i would say that our slow brain our human brain can choose to look at that differently and say, no, this person didn't hurt me. I chose to react in this way to this thing that this person did. Now, maybe this person did that thing intentionally because they knew I would react this way or they intended me to react this way, or they want me to react this way. But at that that point, guess what? Who has the power? They do. And if they have the power to do that to you and to make you feel in any which way that they want to, what kind of life are you living? You really want to give people that kind of power over you and your emotions and your feelings and, more importantly, your mind? Is it possible that someone could have that kind of power over your mind, over your feelings, over your emotions? No. I don't care how brainwashed you are. (laughs) It's still a choice that is being processed in your brain. And you can choose to feel, do, act, react one way. And you can choose to feel, do, act, react, another. It is a choice. And as long as you believe that it is not, then the emotions own you and not the other way around as it should be. This is controversial today. Wow. I think that's quite controversial. I really do. Because, you know, um, I can understand what you're saying and, and it makes sense, but I still, for me, just feel like... I mean, and obviously I am um, the exact person you're speaking to here, but it just feels like to me that it, it's not possible. And, and I mean, it's interesting when you hear these things because it's like part of me is like he's making sense. <laughs> if, he, if he's making sense, then what he's saying must be correct. And then there's the other part of me that's saying, well, remember that time when you got really sad? 
Yeah. You didn't want to be really sad, but yet you nope. were really sad. So you how were really sad, and, and you didn't know how to get out of being really sad, right? I mean, that's the thing. That's what it comes down to, I think, largely, is that we are not – because we live in a world – where we have assigned the idea and possibility that it could be something other than a choice, that it could be something that we do not have control over, we never learn the strategies to choose otherwise. We never learn the strength and power and mental fortitude it takes to say, depending upon the case, I'm going to let that go. Uh, uh, long story I'm not going to get into, but... There's someone in my life who remembers um, a particular series of events, two separate events, two completely separate occasions, separated by almost a year as one thing, as one event, something that happened at the same time, on the same night, on the same night, right? Like, in their head... That's how they remember it. And no amount of my arguing with them about it proved otherwise. And it was to the point where it's like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I actually have documentation that shows that this event happened on this date and this other event happens on this date. I'm going to get that documentation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it to them. I'm going to say, look, look, see, see, I was right. What I came to realize by the time I got home and got out of my anger and realized that in the scheme of things, it really didn't matter. That at that point, I was far more interested in being right than in resolving what the issue was that brought up these two separate events, right? Because I was using these events as, as sort of a, see, it happened this time. And I gave you a pass, but then it happened this other time, and that's when I called foul, right? Like, that's the reason I was bringing up these two separate events, right? But at the end of the day, it really didn't matter. I called foul because I chose to call foul because that's the action I took. You know, what I chose, the way I chose to react given, given the events in question. And it didn't matter if those events happened a year apart or happened right together. That was neither here nor there. I made a choice based upon these actions. And I stand behind that choice. I think I was justified in that choice given the situation. But I could choose to feel otherwise about that even now. Ultimately, it's a choice, though. Mm -hmm. And how I reacted and how I felt was a choice. 
And this was another one of those situations where I could look around and say, I think anyone else in my situation made it, would have made the same choice. But you know what? I don't care. That's neither here nor there. But I do know it's a choice. And I could choose to feel otherwise. And honestly, our relationship would probably be more quickly repaired if I did. And what's more important? Repairing the relationship with someone who, who, who's close to me? Or repairing the relationship with someone who's more important to me? Or me choosing to still be sore about something that happened years ago that caused the rift in our relationship? The power is completely mine to heal that rift. And all I have to do is decide I would rather be height, right than to be happy. I would say I'd rather be happy than to be right. Cool. So, ah, two uh, kind of interesting and heavy topics today, my friend. Indeed. <laughs> And part of this, I think, too, just a sidebar. <clears throat> Nothing against you, Mike. I think it comes with age, right? <laughs> Seriously? Okay. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't have heard this conversation when I – I couldn't have heard this conversation 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago. And been in a different set of shoes. I would have reacted the same way that you did, which was, yeah, that makes sense, but I can't do that. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's 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 not easy. But you know, I think I think you reach a certain age and you start to realize that if you keep walking around, kind of letting the world happen to you, that pretty soon. Pretty soon, you're not going to be the one who leaves a mark on it. And ultimately, I think that's all that we're trying to do is to leave a mark on the world, no matter how small or no big. Big, you know, we just want to be remembered by the people that were close to us. Be remembered by as many people as possible, and that's the impact and mark that we make. And we can't do that as we're only fighting to be right as opposed to fighting to be happy. So with that, my friend, we'll chat later. We will. Cheers. Cheers.